Welcome back, everyone, to the Reflex Blue Show. I am your host, Donovan Beery, recording live from the 1119 studios. We're not really live. This is like two weeks ago. Right. Heads up. And I have with me John Sales from John Sales Design in Des Moines. John, how are you doing? Donovan, thank you for having me come over here. This is a treat. And you've been, I mean, you've been... A well-known designer in Iowa, Des Moines, nationwide for for a while. Your your studio has been around for, for 30, thirty-three years. That's I mean that's pretty impressive. Thirty-three years. Yep. Still going strong. I just saw. Did you do a bunch of work for the Iowa State Fair recently that I saw online? We did the um, Iowa Pork Tent. Oh, do they still do the the? I've only no, pork chop on a stick. Yes. Yeah. And the pork meal and the and the um, and it's it's through the uh, Iowa Pork. Uh, foundation. It's the association. They hired me to design their on-fair location. And what they they came up with was, I said, you guys, it's 11 days of circus here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those for those who don't know, the Iowa State Fair is huge. Right. They get like, is it still like 100,000 people a day? At least. At least. At I mean, least. There's over a million people go through there. And, right. And the pork, now I've, I've only been... I think I've only been to the Iowa one like twice. Okay. But they've both been within the last like probably 10 years. And that pork tent is like one of the highlights. Like, like so when you're saying you, you did the on-fair right. pork tent at a state fair, this is a big deal. This is not, yeah, this is not a pop-up tent. No. I mean, this is a, a, a permanent structure. The thing that's so crazy about the fair is they own, the fair owns those buildings. The clients, such as the Iowa Pork Association, just rents that for 11 days. And the fair takes 30% of their profit. Wow. It's no different than I designed Jalapeno Pete's down the street. Um, That's a restaurant? That's a restaurant. It's a Mexican restaurant. It's the main location. It's the hot spot. I created two level this year. We designed that. I worked with an architect, and we designed top floor and bottom floor and just kind of of revamped it. I designed it originally 18 years ago. And so we gave it a new look. Get this. I mean, they go through on Friday night. They call it East Side Night. This is the only place that I see you can... It's okay to drink beer at 7 in the morning. It's okay to wear a tank top t-shirt or even no shirt at all. Okay, okay. But they go through 130 kegs. On Friday night. Whoa. 130 kegs. Now you do the math at 7 to $8 a beer. And you roughly, I don't know how many beers you get out of a keg, but it's some serious cash. So you get 30% of that. Oh, the state, the fair gets 30%. Of it. <laughs> Not you. Not me. Sorry. I, I, I wish I wrong. did. I wish I did. It's like, that's a good design fee. Yeah, that, no. I, I wish I could. No, I was paid, done. It's... <laughs> it's, it's, it's theirs now. It's their property. But yeah, we had a good time doing the Iowa pork tent. And, and did, they, did they just pay you in pork chop on, on, uh, no. on the stick? No, I did get some free tickets though. But we worked uh, with them and um, we did some great signage for them. You know, it's surprisingly enough, like clients, design clients, they go, well, if we just tear down this building and build another building, a fresh new building, then we're going to get new people you know, more people to come to our pork tent. I said, client, actually her name is Kelsey. I said, Kelsey, no matter what, if you tear this down and build a new building, you're just building the same thing. I said, we need to have eye candy. 
We need to have visual eye candy. That's what we did. They hired me. I gave them visual eye candy. They were up this year 12%. Wow. Well, that's a lot of pork chops. That is, that's a ton of pork chops. And the thing about it was, is, is the building that we created, I said, this is so disjointed. You've got the stand out on the corner, and then you've got the pork tin here, and the pork tin gets lost. That's why we visually stimulated it and gave it such splash, such pizzazz. Because I, when I looked at it, I didn't think the tent had anything to do with that chop, pork chop on a stick. But it is... They're together, and their brand was all over the road. So next year, we're going to a phase two and possibly actually redesign some other stuff going on to make it look like a real barn. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, the work looked great, what I saw Thank online. You. Thank it, you. It looked good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I keep saying I need to make it back to that state fair because for those for those who've never been, it, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You do. Yeah, you do. And then, you know what? When you're in town, look me up. You got my phone number, I think. Okay. But uh, I would love to have you. You know, I I love the fair. I go nine, ten times out of eleven days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I actually get my vehicle in up on the hill behind the arts building. Do, do you do you just work into your contract that you get a, <laughs> that you get a cot in the back of the pork tent? Exactly. You just sleep over there. Exactly. Well, you know, it's it's kind of fun, is is because you know, as you know, I own another company, which is a vodka company, and you get the car inside. You don't have to drink the nasty beer and the nasty liquor. All right. Well, we're going to be right back, and we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the vodka company next. Okay. So, John, you've got you've got swell vodka here. I mean, this this is a big bottle of vodka, and you've been running this for now. You've been you've been you've three been years. Running this, three years now. It's three years old. Okay. Yeah, that that sounds about right. I was thinking it was, I knew it was over two somewhere. And and swell vodka, I mean, what made you think that? Hey, I do design. I might as well uh, just just start uh, brewing vodka in my bathtub. Or, or what, what was the plan here? <laughs> what was the plan? Well, like, okay, I've got my studio space as large as I need. I'll just throw a still back in. Uh, exactly. You know, it was. Um, I had a, a client that I was working with. I was designing a liquor bottle for her, and she has it imported from South Africa. And so I was designing the label and designing the bottle and designing other things for her. And I started looking at the bills going, wow, we're up to eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 now. And she hasn't even got the product out on the streets. So I said, why don't you take me down to the distillery? So we went down there. It's about 15 minutes south of Des Moines. It's in Cumming, Iowa. And it's called Iowa Distilling Company. Sure. And I just started talking to him. I said, so tell me about... You know, if I made a vodka, I like vodka, and um, tell me the price points and stuff like that. And, and, and Todd at the time said, you know, John, if you do a Iowa vodka that is distilled and filtered six times and it's gluten-free. And, and the distilling and the filtering is what makes it smoother, so it doesn't taste like it, paint thinner. Cause yes. Because I've had this before, and I got, I got the, last, the last I bought was actually, I got one of these at Hy-Vee. Okay. And it tastes great. Thank you. Like it doesn't have, it doesn't taste like the paint thinner. Right. Vodka can go south quickly. Right. And so my whole goal was everybody, even though I've branded and marketed people for the last 33 years, I said, you know what, if I design my own product, because the branding and all the marketing and stuff is built in, because I own, a, I own the other company, Sales Design, if I just practice what I preach and tell my, do what I tell my clients to do, 
Don't jump off the merry-go-round. So many clients in my career have taken the steps and they've taken the fifth step, but they haven't gone to the sixth, seventh, and eighth, ninth step, and they jump off the merry-go-round. I am doing exactly what I tell my clients to do. And now we are the second fastest Iowa spirits growing next to Templeton Rye. Oh, wow. In a short three years. And so I said to Todd, I said, he says, well, what's going to take you time is, is getting your federal and state license. And the feds, they probed me everywhere and checked me. Why are you, why are you wanting to make vodka? You run a marketing design studio. <laughs> why do you want to develop this product? You know, and I said, well, to be honest with you, over 33 years, my clients have drove me to drink. That's why I am creating this vodka. But that, yeah. that's not the truth. But, but now, so now you've done. This isn't the first. This isn't the first alcohol that you've done design for. No, I, I've so done. You, you've had experience in this yeah, market. Yeah, I designed Peace Tree Beer. Their, okay. their labels. I w- I've been there with them since they're going on nine years. I design all their cartons, all their labels. And when you go into a high V grocery store or any convenience store throughout Iowa, and I think it's probably statewide in. Nebraska, probably, and, and Minnesota, and it's kind of all over now. You identify it, and you see in that store, you know Peace Tree Beer. You instantly know that that's a Peace Tree Beer bottle and label. And so I've worked for Jim Beam Brands out of Chicago. I've worked for um, some wineries throughout the country. Creating my own vodka was just something was, okay, I mean, as we were talking earlier, we I rode the wave of economy down downfalls for the last probably three three or four downfalls that we've had since I started sales design back in 85. Uh, this is an economy foolproof product. Just like I would say toilet paper or paper towels. Sure. When you have to go see your dysfunctional family, when you go, you get a divorce, you get married, you celebrate a child, you celebrate graduation, you drink. Bottom line. And so I just decided that, you know what? I'm going to market it. I'm going to brand it. I'm going to work hard at it and see what I can do with it. Or I'll create this one pallet of vodka and my friends are all going to have to go through the 12-step program because they're going to become alcoholics. (laughs) You know? At least you're giving people a heads up. Right. At least you're giving them a heads up. But this is smooth vodka. I can drink it with just a lemon twist. A lot of bars and restaurants now throughout Iowa are putting it as their well vodka. It does compare against another product that is in Texas, and that is called Tito's. Okay. Their ethanol, this is what this is, is ethanol. Ethanol comes from the same plant theirs does. It comes from Muscatine, Iowa. Okay. They, they truck theirs to Austin. I truck mine to Cumming, Iowa, but mine is filtered. Now, how far away is Cumming from Des Moines, by the way? Coming 15 miles. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Okay, same yeah. Metro So area. on the high V shelves, it's um, for a fifth is 11.99, and for a liter, this is uh, $14 for a liter. And you have to deal with all that price point and then distribution and all that. Is that stuff? I mean, what was the learning curve on on jumping? Because because I get that you've understood the, the, the design process pretty well, and, and you probably understood it better than your clients did. I hope. Right. But but when it came to that distribution network, was that like? What was, what was the biggest thing well, that caught you off, off guard? I've realized since over three years that the liquor business is a whore business. And it's, it's, a, it's a cutthroat business. I have one gentleman that works throughout Iowa, and he comes into Omaha and Cedar Rapids and Council Bluffs and 
stuff like that in Iowa City, and he sells for me. We have done this through grassroots. I have no distri uh, distributor. I, we self-distribute this product because usually when you start out, they're going to take 30% of your... And that's where all the licensing comes in because I can't just go somewhere and start sell this stuff out of my trunk. I can't just sell liquor and no. stuff I've been brewing in the back here. No. Yeah, that would be bootlegging. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That would be bootlegging. Um, we have a 66 Airstream trailer that we're converting into a Mad Men bar. So when we go to music festivals or functions, you can step up inside this Airstream trailer. We own a 93 Camry station wagon that actually belonged to Ben Silverman. He started Pinterest. Okay. He drove that car to school. My, uh, my significant other, she um, worked for the doctor and said they're not taking the car out east to where they were going to live. They uh, just gave us the car. Has eighty thousand miles on it. Oh wow! I didn't drive it today. Yeah, so you know, swell is rocking and rolling, and but you know what? I still go back to my love. And like I was, we were talking earlier, you know, if I laid on my deathbed today and said, you know what, I've had a great life. I've never had to work for major corporations. I've been able to call the shots in most cases. Clients come to me because they know what I can do and what I'm capable of doing, and they trust. They allow. You know, and that's what is such such gratitude and, and I'm so grateful that you get people, you get clients that love you, that that pay you to actually give them something from what you just created. And that is such a rewarding feeling versus selling a bottle of vodka. You know, as we're talking here in this conversation, you know, there's people throughout Iowa pulling bottles off the shelf. Yeah, and as I said, I've seen I've seen it now in a number of places here in town. Great. Since 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 we first I think we first talked about this about a year and a half ago when I found out you were starting this up, and then right. and then I've seen it more and more places over right. over time here. So it's it's making its way across the river. Well, and on top of that too, uh, Donovan, I have Quail Distributing. Um, they are a distributor in the local market. Every time I go out of state, I have to get a distributor. I cannot just go into your state and start selling it out of my trunk. Sure, sure. I have to have a distributor. The distributor brings it in, and then they distribute it to Hy-Vee's, even though Hy-Vee is born and raised in Iowa. Quail has to take it and sell it to um, to them. So I'm going to start working the Hy-Vee's here in the local market, probably go down to M's Pub, see if I can get it in, and help Quail do their job. All of this knowledge you've obviously had to learn about how to, how to, how to move 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 your product that's it's in a different industry than than a normal product because this, this is this this seems to be much more regulated than like bubble gum oh it is yeah it is be, even so you know like for instance you have functions you have fundraisers in your in your local market so do we and so people call me up and say can you just donate for for our you know music festival or our river festival or our art festival or whatever I'm going, no, if you wanted to ask me for tablecloths, for buttons, for balloons, or whatever, great. I can give those to you, but I can't give you liquor because it's we are a controlled state. So the question is, is, is I know this is a separate business. The right. Swell, Swell Vodka is different from John Sales Design. You're still, right. you're still running John Sales Design. But has since, you've, since you do some work in the industry... 
for as a designer, you work in the industry for other people as well. Right. Has learning all the regulations and how this is distributed has that changed any way of how you work with your clients, or does it help you relate to them, or is there anything you know? It really, yeah, it does. It it does help me. I think what it does is because I've had to learn this industry. It's helped me regulate and and uh, understand my clients in a lot of ways. I mean, from from Peace Tree Beer to and I and I know the regulations now of of the, on their end and what they have to go through. And there is a lag time when I create a label for Peace Tree Beer. It has to be approved, and it goes into another set of hands where it's not just the client's approval, it's the feds and the state and all this other stuff that has to be approved and I have to abide by regulations. So in, in a sense, you know, you've learned what the client's going through because, you know, you're not just designing a label. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you're actually, I've got restrictions and I've got point sizes that I have to regulate to everything has to be spaced at a different way and the UPC code has to, you know, dirt, do dirt, different things. And so I create that stuff for Peachtree, but then on the other hand, you know, I create stuff for a trucking company, you know, and it goes from one extreme to the other. You know, the largest, one of the largest truck stops in the, uh, the country I do work for. Um, so, you know, and you'll learn, you learn why, I think in depth, you, you learn why they have to do certain things and they have to regulate to certain things. And like, for instance, Cat Scale, Cat Scale, you know, they have regulations that they can't cross borders and cross lines and they can't go on certain interstates. But you learn that technical stuff. I think a lot of times, too, in some cases, a lot of us seasoned designers like we are, Donovan, yeah. clients sometimes take us for granted. They don't realize that we have to, we're not just doing pretty pictures. Just because we, you know, won a blue star in in, in third grade and, and we knew how to draw. We would love to be doing that, but we're not. Yeah, Right. I mean, you know, I jokingly still say, you know, Jesus, I'm probably the oldest designer in the state of Iowa and I get paid to draw pictures. I have to learn certain regulations, certain things that, that uh, I think a lot of young designers take uh, for granted. They just, you know, let the art person or the art director dictate to what they do but still we have to learn all these different criterias you know I've done packaging for the last 30 years you know I used to sit in the uh, studio and work with my designers and you know we'd get flash sheets of cardboard you know and have to create boxes and create packaging now I work with the box company and they have engineers you know I just throw them a little sketch and say here's kind of what I'm thinking here's what the product is let them do the work you know, and, and, and it doesn't have to be that difficult. But if you get, if you walk through the whole steps of designing a package and working with the engineers, and if they clearly understand what you're trying to convey, they will come up with stuff that you didn't even think of because you've allowed them to be creative and you've allowed that engineer to create something beyond what you even imagined. And you take it to your client and your client's just like, you're the hero. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, we just we just did a project. And in this one, we, we just had this, we had like a basic idea. And we came up with the visual. And then and then I started mentioning some things we could do to the, to the printer. Right. And then the printer was just like, well, what if we do, what if we take it a step further? 
Right. And then, and then I was like, well, what if we do this then in addition? They're like, what if we do this instead? And I just, these people that work in those other industries, yeah, they, they may not be designers. Right. They may be, they may not be. Right. But but they, they know that industry. Like, if you're working with a packaging engineer, they may know. Right. They, I mean, if they've been doing this a while, they're like, oh, if I know what you're doing, I've seen this done before. Right. Or, or I know what we could do. Right. And that, that keeps that creative process going. Yeah. You know, I see too many... Yeah, I didn't I didn't take offense when they were saying, what if we try this instead? I was like, oh, right. yeah. Yeah, because right. they were doing what we were asking. They were just... Right. And that's the beauty of us being seasoned, too, because we are trained to open up our ears and to listen. Now, if you were 21 and coming out of fresh out of school, you'd go in hell with you. You're not telling me what to do, <laughs> you know? But now we, we, we know how to work our job and make it a lot easier. I mean, I work for a homeless shelter. One of my design clients is a homeless shelter in Des Moines. I dreamt a visual in the middle of the night. That's how I see a lot of my design elements and, and visuals. I designed a whole entire city made out of shipping containers. Now, granted, that's not a, um, a fresh new idea, but the way I structured it was a complete tent-to-work program, basically, from... Uh, they would live there from six to, to eight months. I dreamt it, and this whole area that was slated that, that people would live in tents there were kicked out of there. 35 units were created in an area that's a floodplain zone, and you can't build on a floodplain zone. But I said, why can't you build it from this bank to this bank and build it on a bridge? And basically stagger these containers that are that are created with catwalks and sustainable uh, garden space that that um, that their um, one of their programs is the uh, mulberry farms they I took it into the CIA, uh, the central Iowa shelter and services and they looked at it and I said oh my god you know you've just created something that they said could not be done in this floodplain zone we took it to the city of Des Moines and they shook their head. They were scratching their head going, you just created something that now can be built in this area that was slated that could never be built because it was a 500-year floodplain zone. Sure. So now what I'm saying is to you, Donovan, is now, okay, am I an architect? No, I'm not licensed to move walls. Yeah, but, you, you don't want you don't want to be the one stacking these shipping containers no, that will fall no, over. Right, but I'm working with yeah. this I'm working with this architect firm. I turned the, the job over to them, and now we're creating this, and they're they're getting federal grants, and there's get it, they've applied for all these grants, and the city of Des Moines just said they just shook their hand. I said, just think, guys, think about how many other places there are in in your in Omaha here that that have floodplain zones that you cannot build, but if there's a will, I've always been the type of designer type of person is you can't tell me no because I will find a way yeah. to make this happen there's uh, the city of New Orleans is shaking their heads going oh my god we've got something I said yeah think about all the other floodplain zones this could be on campuses this could be in small towns this could be in so many other areas and now you've just created carpenter jobs you've created metal jobs you've created structural engineering jobs you've just created jobs that you said this was just a piece of blank land that could not be built on. That's pretty impressive. So I'm designing it and, and working with the architects, but I was, praying, I was trained as a print designer. 
Yeah. Well, sometimes, sometimes you know, this, the, the best ideas come from people outside of the industry because they don't know right. what can't be done. Right, right. And, and, and as I've always said, Donovan, too, you, granted, you come out of college and you're trained as a print designer, but I've done nine, ten color screen printed posters that are gorgeous, that that is such a lost art. But also, too, I've created stuff that people said, you know, these custom awards you've designed. Just because you're trained as a print designer doesn't mean, I mean, you're a designer. You could design curtains. You could design bedspreads. You could design space. You could design sofas if you wanted to. It Design comes from everywhere. It doesn't just come when you come out of school and you're on that little computer and you're on a 20-inch screen, 22-inch screen. That is not your whole world in that, in that computer. No, that's just the execution of what we do. Right. Totally. Okay, we're going to be right back with John Sales. So I, we should probably get this out of the way. For those who want to find out more, it's, yeah. it's yeah. S-A-Y-L-E-S design.com. Design. Sales Design. Yep. And where, where, do, where do they locate, uh, where do they go to find more about, the, the, about 12 Vodka? Does that have its own website or is it just the Well, you know what? Out? Ironically enough, we are that busy in the design studio, we haven't even got to a website right. yet. Well, well come to like <laughs> any of the Omaha Hy-Vees or Omaha all over, all oh, over yeah. Iowa. Oh, yeah, all over Iowa. We're in. We're an all Hy-Vee product. We're an all Fairway product. We're an all Casey's product. But there are. It, there, Quail is starting to penetrate the Omaha market. Um, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, and we are working. That is on the slate to get some sort of web presence on there. But we'll probably just have a page on there, really. Probably just be a redirect to the Facebook page. <laughs> exactly. I think that's the wave of the future. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Should not tell that to people. <laughs> now, now I do have to ask one one more question. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll do one more little thing here. Since since you've been in this profession for for a while, what what's your advice to someone just getting into the profession or that's only been in for a couple of years? Do you have any Do you have any advice you tell the youngins? The youngins, um, I t I tell that to my designer. She's twenty five now, and all the time. And and um, it's learn everything you can. The the kids are so tech savvy. That you know, Victoria, she's she's showing me a lot of things, but you know, they all want to learn the old stuff, the old screen printing techniques and the printing of the shirts and stuff like that. But you know, I just say learn everything you can and continue to make your portfolio and do everything you possibly can to strengthen your brand and your design. Technology has allowed us to do a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, you go on Pinterest. Speaking of Pinterest, with my 93 Camry station wagon, uh, <laughs> you know, you go on there and you what, could... What, what color is the station wagon? It's white. Oh. It's okay. white. It, it goes Classic. with the brand. But then we have, you know, we've got visuals. Okay. We've okay. got words and we've got visuals going around there. We, I've threatened to, to do an eight foot by two foot bottle on the top, but I thought, yeah, I don't want to do a little circus car here. Yeah. You know, if, if the designers, you know, you'll learn. I mean, Victoria still her eyes light up when I show her a sketch and she's just like blown away going, you know, designers, there's all forms of design. There's all forms of designers. If you can visually communicate your idea through paper, through computer, through um, mood boards, do so. Just continue to practice and open up your eyes. You know, there's design, like I said, whether design, design is everywhere, whether it's good or bad. It was still designed by someone. 
And that's why, you know, another passion I have too, and we won't go into that this time, but is uh, I'm a picker. I collect mid-century modern furniture. Okay. And so I buy and sell. You know, it, it's just keep your eyes open and, and continually to look at things. You Coming out of school, it's like you don't learn everything out of school and then you stop learning. You You continue to cultivate yourself, to motivate yourself. You continue to look and do and, ex and explore your, you know, your creativity, you know, because you, you were never going to lose our creativity. No one can ever take that away from you. Even if you work for a corporation, no one will ever take your talent away. They'll just go into hibernation. Right. But I mean, yeah, I would say if, if I've always known that if you lose all the joy of a job and you're not learning anything anymore, it's get like out. you need to get out. Get out. Get out. I've seen so many homeless people at the shelter that have been artists. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. They were all designers. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. Exactly. 99%. Exactly. They made some unbelievable huts and houses. <laughs> you know, you just, you're right. If you hate your job and you go, there's there's got to be a better way, find your happiness. I mean, life is too short. And that's what I, I am so grateful that I've, I've been been able to do what I set out to do. You know, it's ironic, was um, about, about a month and a half ago, my sixth grade art teacher and my college instructor came to my studio. I had no idea my sixth grade art teacher was still alive. And he came there and I didn't realize that I they- mean, he had to be at least 50. 50 years old, <laughs> at least. No, he, he's, he's 82. He's 82. He lives in uh, okay. Las Vegas. And my college instructor. And what was so cool was this person, even though the craziness of my parents trying to raise me, this sixth grade art teacher influenced me. To, they said, uh, my parents are John and Bobby. And they said, John and Bobby... If there's one thing this this young young person should do, dream big and and pursue his art. You know, I was a straight D student all the way through high school, straight D. I don't know how I made it out from went to next grade. <laughs> I think they felt sorry for me, but but I could draw and I could design and I came up with wild stuff. And they just they uh, Mr. Shepherd is his name, Floyd Shepherd, and he encouraged me and he kept saying. You just need to, to just go after your dream. So I did. And then when I went to school, my college instructor, Dolores Johnson. Now, where, now where'd you go to college? I went to um, a two-year school, actually. I went to, uh, they call it DMAC now, in Ankeny. Okay. So, yeah. you, I mean, you've always been in Iowa then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, you know, when I, I went to a tech high school and I had art seven hours a day. And it was it was unbelievable. I had printmaking, I had design, I had photography, I had illustration, I had all these classes that when I went to DMAC, I was so far advanced than these other students that came throughout Iowa, and and so I needed a two year degree, and I landed my first job in a design studio. I was hired as an intern, and then uh, two years later, I had headhunters wanted me to go out to San Francisco and New York, and they were going to put me in some big agencies out there. And I said, hell no. 
because I know what's going to happen. They're going to lose that one account that I'm on, and I'm out there. I'm stuck. So I decided to be a big fish in a small pond, and I stuck with Iowa. And a short three or four years, my business partner, Sherry Clark, we were um, noticed. Minneapolis was starting to get noticed in the design world. Design did not have to come from California or New York. Um, we're right in the heartland, the design world of Minneapolis. And then we got uh, started getting noticed. Yeah, because, I mean, Des Moines, and I went to school mid-Nebraska. Okay. And so everyone that graduates from there, because there's not that many jobs in mid-Nebraska for our profession. Right. They'll end up in Lincoln, Omaha, which is towards the edge of the state. Right. But I know, like, people that, that are in Des Moines... They don't really come to Omaha, even though it's pretty close. They just go to Minneapolis because it's so big and the design community. They go. To, they went to Minneapolis, or they went to Hallmark, Kansas, yeah, Kansas City. City, or they went to Chicago and tried their hand at, at working in the big, the big uh, corporations so, in in Chicago. Yeah, Des Moines, Des Moines, Des Moines just a few was hours not the mecca. It's just a few hours from Minneapolis. Right. So, yeah. yeah, we're four hours away from Minneapolis. We're five hours from Chicago. We're three hours from Kansas City. Omaha, I'm, I'm over here in two hours. You know, people complain, too, about, you know, driving here and driving there. I'm going, seriously? I can be, I, I came to you this morning, Donovan, it took me two hours. Most people sit in the on their freeway in San Francisco going oh. to work. <laughs> that is that is a daily commute. Oh, that my is. God. Yeah. You know, and here I am in Omaha. It, it's, um, you know, so we, the mecca of uh, the 80s, I mean, we rocked Des Moines and we got noticed and, Cruise ships in Miami we worked on to Hong Kong Disney to Leonard Skinner's Greatest Hits to, you know, we we worked all over. Des Moines was not, it was a nice place to come home to, but we traveled. We saw the world and we saw clients all over the country in a short, and a lot of people thought that, man, this sales design is cranking out some stuff. They must have 50, 60 people. And biggest we'd ever had got to was... 10 people. Yeah, there's 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 a little thing there. It's the places I know, like here in Omaha, that, that I think people know of, aren't as big as people probably think they are. Right. Like, right. <laughs> I don't know what it is with the Midwest. They just like, no, we got five people. We're booking. Right. We can do it. Right. But I think that's everywhere. I mean, like, I, I think I talked to Sean Adams a few years ago, and, you know, he, when he was running Adams Morioka with, with Noreen. Right. And he's like, we're not that big. We, you know, we have like... They're probably the same size. You're, right. Probably never more than 10 people. He goes, but they all work hard and get stuff done. Right, right. I mean, we still did the work of, you know, 50, 60 people, but it was always myself and a head designer and an intern that we got from a lo local college. And when the designer always left, that that intern would be trained and seasoned. I would, I would elevate them up to the head designer. That's yeah. how we ran it. You yeah, know, and and so now we're running just uh, myself and a designer, and I call on clients and talk to them, and you know, I, and more I talk. And, to and you pay in pork chops, right? Pork chops and, and vodka. And I love vodka. it. <laughs> Peace tree beer. All right. Well, John, we really appreciate your time. It's been it's been great having you in, and uh, we look forward to, to seeing where this all goes. Thank you, Donovan. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Murray is hosted at thirty six point dot com. Music by Dust Lab. Find out more at myspace.com slash dustlab.